Welcome, everybody. I'm Sam Sebastian, and you're listening to How Are You Doing Really? In today's episode, I have the opportunity to speak with a very good friend of mine, Whitney Bell. Her and I met at Esalen back in 2016. Whitney shares about her experience of being at Esalen for the past two months during the shelter-in-place order and navigating life as she's been asked to leave and find a new way of living and being during the coronavirus pandemic. She also shares a bit about her personal experience with her sister who is struggling with a serious life illness. I really, really loved having this conversation with Whitney and I just am really excited for you to get to hear the way that she articulates herself and shares the work that she does, not only in her own life, but the work that she's spreading out into the world. So enjoy. Welcome everyone. Um, Today I am joined by my friend Whitney Bell. Whitney and I met at Esalen, I think back in 2016, uh, when I was there for a work scholar month. And Whitney had been living there doing an extended study program, I believe, at the time. And we got to work together in the cabins department, which is kind of like housekeeping for Esalen. Um, But during that time, uh, I just grew a very strong love and um, affinity for Whitney. And since then, we've just continued to stay in contact. I've been back for different trainings that she's either participated in or assisted And today I really wanted to have her on the podcast so I could, uh, yeah, just have her share a bit about how she's been doing uh, during this time. She actually was sheltered in place at Esalen um, for, I believe, over a month. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, Whitney. Two months. Um, Two months. Yeah. Yeah which, I mean, it's not a bad place to be uh, sheltered in place. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, like, go ahead and uh, just share where you're you're at right now, um, if you don't mind. Yeah. um, Being sheltered in place at Esalen was a really interesting experience because naturally my mind would want to go or I imagine other people's um, perceptions of it is that it is this wonderful experience and that was part of it and that was definitely part of it and it was also the epicenter of a lot of loss and change and shift um, and also isolation Um, so I was in this amazing magical land and then feeling so much. So it was really interesting for my landscape to not always match what was happening inside for me um, during that time. Um, But I was really grateful to be on the land. Um, I think there was 50 some of us total spread out through property Um, to just be with that in a quiet, way and just really have space to watch the nature and be in the tubs alone and um, have my meals provided for me and be completely safe knowing I didn't have to go out to the grocery store or to get gas or to just do any of those basic functions that other people I know are having to do and just being very sheltered from that and really just being in um beauty and enjoying beauty was a really interesting way to spend a shelter in place. And I felt very fortunate for that. Yeah. For, for those um, who are listening, I was wondering if you could just speak to what Esalen is and um, maybe paint a little picture for them. Yeah. So it's a, it's a retreat center on um, in the Big Sur 
landscape on Highway 1, uh, just on the edge of the ocean. So just on this beautiful lush land with these really vast views of the ocean. And we have hot springs. There's a lodge. Um, there's a beautiful garden in the middle of the property where we grow a lot of food that we eat there. Um, or would like to. <laughs> and there's a beautiful waterfall where the river meets the ocean and what's called the three waters where the hot spring water comes up too. So it's this really potent landscape besides just being a retreat center and what happens there for the classes and educational experience. Uh, it has a Redwood Canyon um, that has this really deep yin quality to it. It's really balancing and compared to what it's like up against the ocean and kind of the rest of the property. Um, it's where I go for my quiet place. And then it extends across into the north property where we have a farm and a living village and some of the classrooms and an art barn. Um, I think the whole property is about a mile long, maybe, or a half mile long. Um, Anything else you'd like me to expand on? <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's, I, I love how you put it. Um, I, I remember being um, in our teacher training and, and you had just talked about uh, Esalen and I loved the, the description of the three waters. You know, it, it is a really um, potent energetic um element i i believe and um i just i love hearing about it so so thank you uh for painting that picture for those of the listeners that haven't been to esalen um yeah hopefully you're able to get an idea of where she's been uh for the past couple of months and um yeah just i know that you actually were there Originally, um, still, I, I forgot how you put it. You you mentioned that you were not laid off, but you were kind of put on to uh, the farm and garden crew. Was was that right? Yeah. So it was a, a series of events that happened really fast. Is information and just kind of realizing the extent of the shelter in place was happening. Um, my reasoning for being at Esalen was changing quickly too. Um, so originally we thought we would be in a three week closure and I don't actually have housing at Esalen, but I was down there using commuter housing, working on the massage crew. And my boss appro approached me asking if I would like to stay using commuter housing and work on the staff members. And I was like, wow, great, like, great, like staff week for three weeks, basically, and massaging my friends and community. That sounded like a great way to, you know, stay there for what we thought would be a shorter time. And then within about 24 hours, we, this was just before the shelter in place happened. We were actually just closing down for three weeks as a precaution before that was an order from Monterey County. And then about 24 hours later, we were put into the shelter in place. And it was basically like if you were on property, you stayed. And if you weren't on property, you couldn't come back onto property. It was um, a pretty hard line. And because I was on property, I was allowed to stay. And within 24 hours of that, we found out we couldn't do massage anymore also um, from the state of California. So yeah, I, instead of having me leave, um, they generously offered me to work in the farm and garden and, and pitch in. Um, there was three of us there that were massage therapists. One person went to maintenance, one went to the dish pit in the kitchen, and <laughs> I felt very fortunate to end up in, in the garden. Um, yeah, and learning how to... I, I've never grown food before. I've done landscaping um, and forestry type work, but I've never worked in the farm and garden in any sort. So it was a really beautiful experience for me to just feel connected to what was essential. You know, it was like 
pretty scary in those beginning weeks, not really knowing what was going on and not having seen the outside world, you know, just being at Esalen and all of a sudden I can't leave and there's this pandemic happening and like kind of hearing snippets from the news and from conversations, but to be able to just kind of push all that out and focus on um, just being with the land and kind of in a slower time. Yeah, I think like one of the the big revelations I was having doing the gardening work was how the work we do in this moment is preparing us always for the future, like to have an abundant future and like me taking time and slowing down and really like um, what would thinning the carrots correctly, you know, and like really picking the one that looks like it has the most potential to stay and making some room for it to grow. And that that was my, how important that job is so that in three weeks we actually have something to eat, you know, and it was kind of just helping my system be in this longer timeline and also how everything matters. Yeah, it, it, it sounds like you were not only tending to the garden in, the, in a physical sense, but you were also tending to like your internal garden uh, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, they felt connected. And, you know, and part of my normal experience at Esalen is um, pretty soft and flowy <laughs> um, and nurturing in a way of like connection and invigorating like life into experiences. And my job in the farm and garden was to become like the ultimate destroyer of all living things. <laughs> you know, I'm out there like pulling weeds all day and like destroying habitats of all these little bugs by ripping all their weeds out and then like weed whacking down whole rows of tall grass. And just every day it was like just spending my day kind of in destruction but it was creating space you know even thinning the carrots I'm pulling out like 10 carrots so that one can live and I don't really know what the like the metaphor is around that but it was just feeling very relevant in this different way of like the importance of um not having it always be this really pretty thing in order for survival to happen Totally. I, I think about like the pulling of the weeds and cutting down of, of certain things so that the, the light and the water and the nutrients can go to those um, things that like, really have a, a, a promising kind of uh, future <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to continue to thrive. Um, and it, I, I think it's all part of the process, you know, and I'm I'm curious what your um, like internal process was, you know, going from being uh, on the massage crew and and doing that uh, 14 plus hours a week to then slowing down quite a bit and um, but then also working probably a little bit harder in in, in a different way um, in the garden and um, yeah what what. What was it like for you, just the work that you were doing before and not knowing what it, if, if and when you were going to be able to do it again, pertaining to massage? Um, yeah, it was pretty devastating for me. And I think part of it goes back to, you know, like a part of like when we first met of working in cabins, that was also a challenge for me because I had gone from working really hard to build a career back in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and then kind of laying that down, um, a career doing my massage and craniosacral practice, and then laying all that down and going to the Esalen Institute. And the only way I could be there during my ES is to basically scrub toilets and clean bathrooms and um, rooms for a year and a half straight in order to study everything else happening there. And kind of going through all this stuff of like, what am I actually doing here? I'm not really a massage therapist anymore. Now I just scrub toilets. Like, what did I just do with my life? But just trusting the process. And then 
ending up in a place where I got to and step into a teaching role and get on the crew. And I, I felt like I was really in this arrival at SLN and in this place in my career doing body work also outside of SLN. And that I was in this really good groove and had kind of done my time where I had just gone through a big process around doing something different for a moment. And then all of a sudden I'm in this scenario again within two years of um, watching my whole department get laid off, having massage therapy essentially become illegal, um, not knowing if I would ever see any of the people I worked with again, like maybe they don't come back. Um, not knowing how Esalen is going to change because of all this, because we are essentially a place where we touch and connect. And that's the main part of the whole experience at Esalen is being in contact. And there I was for 40 hours. I mean, like my back hurts so bad from bending over all day and just like doing the hard labor. Um, yeah, my body was in a lot of pain and also just going through a lot of emotional stuff around losing my colleagues and how I enjoy showing up in the world. And, and kind of like this, I have like a grit to me, like where I can do anything, you know, it's like, okay, I like time to switch gears and pivot. And I got this, but I was so frustrated and so angry that I was having to, yeah, it was like grateful that I had work and I had a place to be. And then also, a deep frustration that um, I'm not able to show up in the world in the way that I want to. Yeah, imagine there's a little bit of sadness around that. There's a lot of sadness around that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've worked really hard to build the life that I've wanted to live and how I show up in the world and how I serve and then to feel like I've put so much energy into that and I'm really in my groove with it and then it just kind of dissolves away felt really disempowering mm -hmm. I know that another thing that you had um, on your schedule was in the fall you were going to be leading a week-long retreat that you had created on your own there at Esalen and that's it's huge you know and I'm, I'm wondering how that feels just not knowing if that's going to happen um, or it, if it's going to have to be postponed yeah there's um I'm not sure it's still what changes are being made or what's going to happen with the calendar um, at Esalen right now and so that yeah this thing that I was really working on and looking forward to and kind of like this thing I was in project I was burdened into the world I don't know if that gets to happen anymore and yeah there's just so much exciting stuff going on and I was so excited about this project and and not knowing if I have fully lost it like I may still get to do that um but the way in which I get to do it will be completely changed because instead of how I imagined it happening was me rolling into that through like having my nice summer at Esalen working I had some classes I was taking to brush up on some skills to show up for the workshop and um kind of seamlessly move into this project in October because um, it's a pretty big step for me personally and in my work life. And right now I'm in survival mode. I don't have my basic needs in place. I don't know where I'm living. I don't know when I'll be back to work. I don't know what my work will look like. Um, I don't know what my finances are going to look like because of that. So I don't know if my my person you know the next time i arrive on property might be the same day as all the people i'm holding space for and i don't know if i'll feel emotional arriving back onto property after the way i left um having lost my job and community again so i don't know if my system can actually hold the space for the conference anymore like regardless if esalen has the space to hold it 
in that time. And I think that's one of the harder things of coming to terms with it than it just happening or not, you know, based on the, based on SLN. Mm -hmm. It sounds like there's a bit of a, a grieving process that's kind of been kind of put into motion through what's happened. And I know you're very empathic and, um, it's important to, to be resourced going into leading something of that caliber. And I, um, I know you have a lot of various, um, practices that you do for yourself and, um, mentors and, um, teachers in your life that, uh, have helped you get to the point where you're at. Cause, uh, just knowing more of your personal story that you've shared with me personally, I, I just know that you're a very resilient, uh, woman and, and being. And, um, I, I hope that it, even if it's not this, this fall, um, that you, you continue to move towards that, um, that project because I just think that your vision is a beautiful one. And I'm, I'm wondering if you mind sharing a little bit about that vision with the listeners. Yeah. Um, so like, where do I start with this one? Cause it's kind of big. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I, your elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, <laughs> And we're still at the elevator pitch. <laughs> um, yeah, so I used to be a snowboarder and athlete. So that's kind of my background from my 20s. And how I ended up getting into body work was all the injuries I had had in my own system starting to shut down on me and that showing up in my life. And also knowing that I didn't want to do what I was doing forever in the way in which I was doing it. So I started to switch gears into body work and wanting to help my friends who are um, a large part of my community back home as professional snowboarders. And since I knew what a lot of those injuries and traumas felt like in my own body, I wanted to help support my friends to feel good in their body as they did what they did. And so I was able to build a good practice in Jackson around that. And I thought that that's um, how I would show up with that group. And then as I went to Esalen and continued on with my education and then also working more with clients, it was like, why isn't some of this stuff going away? Like why, what's really going on behind the shoulder injury that happened like 10 years ago? Why is this still showing up or why? Um, basically started diving into some, some ways where I was able to recognize the inherent experience of what it means to make contact in these extreme sports with ourselves. It's very embodied and then also can be very disconnected because of what we're required to show up in, in moment to moment. So it's creating a space where these guys can come to Esalen and they can basically make a five-day curated experience of how to move through the accumulated trauma of what it means to be an extreme athlete um, so that they can clear the system and clear the nervous system. And you essentially start to maybe heal or, or just become more in touch with some of the um, things that they maybe don't necessarily um, have space or capacity to when they're in their their practice of uh, the sport that they're in snowboarding yeah and having a space where they can come together and take a deep breath and develop some skill sets to start practicing emotional resilience for like when a friend dies or there's an avalanche or there's a tragedy happening within the community that there's a place where they know they can go to sit with that and process that and learn how to support each other through that and also develop a skill set within themselves to um, make contact with it when it happens. So like preseason, they like we 
learn how to do all this avalanche work where we like take classes, you learn how to read the snowpack, you do practicing drills where you dig up beacons and learn how to use all your equipment, hoping that you never have to dig a friend out from an avalanche or have to get in one. Um, or you take a wilderness first responder course in case anyone gets injured, you are prepared to like bring them out of that scenario, hoping you also never have to do that. And then sometimes that does happen or you do end up in the avalanche or you can't dig your friend out or you do have something happening that was intense and what systems are we putting in place so that we're practicing for those moments within ourselves emotionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's um, super necessary and, and needed. Um, and I, I'm not in that um, realm per se with working with professional athletes or, or knowing how uh, everything kind of goes down, uh, especially when competitions come into play and people are sponsored and required to meet their commitments and um mm -hmm. I'm sure it, there's a little bit of glossing over some of the more traumatic things that they've witnessed or been part of to continue to perform. I, um, I know that something else you had mentioned to me as we spoke earlier this week or yeah, I think this week you created a, uh, a, a self massage uh, class for the the staff and, and residents at Esalen while you were still there. And I, I was just wondering if you could kind of speak to that, that experience. Yeah, I was noticing that my own nervous system was really heightened during those, you know, that first month there. Um, and I was having a hard time grounding back into my body. And I'm so used to using my work and touch to have a, a presence awareness practice. And just how making contact with the skin can really soothe the anxiety in the brain. Because we're usually reading our environment through, you know, like the skin of like what's safe and unsafe. And so when we receive massage and feel that nourishing touch it really is also teaching our body and brain that we're in a safe place and that it is okay to relax and let go and I I could just feel the heightened um, nervous system of our field at Esalen and how used to having contact we have become there so yeah I spent about this is kind of a funny thing. I'd like pull all the curtains at the farmhouse where I was because a lot of people walked by there and I would throw a towel on the floor and <laughs> sit naked with oil and different outfits on. And <laughs> But yeah, just trying to figure out like, okay, what does someone need to wear to do self-massage? And like, does this move work over a t-shirt or do they need um, a loose tank top or did they, you know, just really like going through all these different <laughs> layers of how to how to do this because it's not something I've ever done before. Um, like I do little basic things, but yeah. So I ended up setting a room up and just really tried to create an atmosphere of calm. And then, yeah, instead of people kind of focusing on how to just fix the muscle or make something feel better, or just like squeeze their own shoulders. I mean, I, that's kind of what I've always done before. It was how to really, come into contact with our own bodies um, as the giver and receiver at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of like being able to pay attention to both sensations at the same time is a skill set I haven't done too much work in. So it was a really interesting process for me to kind of go through the power of what can happen when I just really slow down and, enjoy my own body and really nurture um, every little square inch of it and learning how to stay relaxed and also firm with that contact and then how to kind of oscillate between what I was 
giving and what I was receiving and also staying in that presence and curiosity within my own system and just watching, not knowing how it was going to go and then watching this room full of people just really drop in and it felt like everyone had just gotten a real massage in the room afterwards. It was really beautiful to watch. <laughs> like it was beautiful to watch one of my own belief system shift. Um, I hear a lot of us talk about like, you know, and Perry talks about this a lot in deep body work of us creating the best scenario in which a person can have their own transformation. So like you are your biggest healer. Um, and as a massage therapist, I can train myself so that I can create a scenario in which you have the highest potential to have a shift within your own body. Um, but then taking that even a step further where how can I not even be needed in this experience and how can I just help guide the experience of like someone coming into contact with themselves and really being their biggest healer. It sounds like you really um, had to uh, take the time to think about how you could articulate the work that you do um, that you're typically not describing as you're, you're, you're practicing on your clients and, um, and find a way to, to describe it. And I, I think another piece is, is you holding space for that entire room, um, as, as they went through that practice and just, creating that container for them to really tune into their bodies and um, attune uh, to their body. I I think it's, it's something that maybe some people have the practice of doing. Um, I know that in a tantric practice that I have with Finn, we'll, we'll kind of um, sit across from each other and kind of come into connection through eye contact and connecting with our breath and um, when we start by attuning to one another and then move into more physical connection, it's like there's this heightened awareness of all the different subtleties that are going on in my body and in his body. And I imagine there's, there's some kind of element that's similar to the practice that you were leading everyone through as they were, giving themselves a self-massage. Yeah, it did feel that way. It felt like, like one, I had to believe in the work in order to hold space for it. So I think that having spent all that time working on myself in that way and having received those states that I was able to show up in the room and hold the field of believing that that was possible in the next hour and then also something i've gotten to witness over and over again at esalen which i've been really blessed is the best teachers are the ones who hold the field in the embodied sense of the work you know like if they can stand up there and be calm and centered and grounded and move from that space then kind of no matter what happens in that time i'm in a classroom with them it tends to work you know what I mean? To experience that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And to like really be attuned to myself and up there really with myself helps teach everyone else how to be with themselves also. Definitely. Um, I, I have just the, an image that comes to mind is just when we're witnessing somebody teaching who is really uh, practicing what they're they're teaching us in the moment it's like you can feel it it's a felt experience and um, kind of giving or, or leading from that space it, it it tends for me at least in the way that I learn it it tends to hit on even uh, a deeper level than maybe just uh, verbally uh, coming in and being taught from that space yeah. I think um, something that I'm curious about is like 
this practice that you're describing sounds really resourcing. And, and I'm also curious what, what has been resourcing for you during this time of so much uncertainty and so much change and, um, yeah, not knowing. Hmm. It's like this cliched uh, <laughs> phrase that we have at Esalen. And it's just really been a theme in my whole life. I didn't always have the phrase for it, but the whole trusting the process. Um, I've had a pretty incredible life and I've made decisions or ended up in places and not known why or, you know, I, I just follow it and I go with it and I've, there's always been a reason at some point down the line where even if I thought it was the worst thing that could have ever happened, I met a person or I had a conversation or something happened that ended up being this like deep seed of growth for my life. And so I really try and be in this like just a state of like trust the process and not try and control too much and just keep showing up the best I can. And of course that doesn't, always mean very positive and bright you know but just to keep going with it and go like okay maybe I'm supposed to flow in this other direction that I couldn't have imagined for myself and I'm going to trust this guidance of circumstance um so I would say that mindset has been really helpful um the one practice that is extremely helpful for me is a body awareness practice where I just notice what I'm feeling in my body and that it kind of always comes back to that of like when I just start noticing the sensations or noticing like like oh I notice like this part of my stomach is tense and like what does that mean like what am I feeling in my body and how do I feel about what I'm feeling in my body and to become yeah, just like really present to all those subtleties within my system. It just brings me back into that state of presence. And I'm, I've been fortunate to work with some of my teachers um, via Zoom. And yeah, like one of my favorite sessions come with from Steve Harper. He's a faculty member at Essel and has been there for a long time. And when we do our gestalt sessions, he usually doesn't even want to hear the story. He doesn't want to know what's what's happening, what the whole story is. He only wants to know what I'm feeling in my body and what I'm noticing in my body and what I want to be feeling in my body. And is there a thought process we can switch to or a statement or a demand that's behind a feeling so that when I find that truth that my body supports, like... Um, I'm trying to think of like an easy example, but well, how how I I just had this idea, um, and and you you can say yeah or or no, and um, how about we just take a moment and and you can just tune into what you're feeling in your body in this moment, knowing that you're back in Montana, um, yeah, and around family and. It's actually a little stressful. <laughs> so, yeah, there's um, my chest feels a little tight and tingly, but towards the front of it, it doesn't feel deep. It feels very surface, um, like a clenching. And I notice my hands are really cold, and that my shoulders feel really. And as I say that and name that, I notice that my low back softens and I kind of feel, kind of feel like a weight drop into my belly. Like I just got a little more grounded, just naming those and noticing those. And what doesn't go away is this kind of, uh, it has an anxious quality to it in my deep belly. Like there's this like deep holding still of like, okay, I'm, I'm safe in this moment and there's something that doesn't fully trust that I'm safe long-term. Mm -hmm. 
like there's a difference in the timelines like like in this moment i'm good and there's a deep holding of like but what about tomorrow is what it feels like yeah um and it, it feels okay because it feels true like i'm actually i enjoy knowing that that my system is holding that space like like it's protecting me and motivating me and it feels like it has a survival instinct which feels important to me right now to be tapped into um but even as i name that i notice that it softens and so now normally that i'm noticing my body in a more grounded state in a more relaxed state i really try and feel this in all my cells and let all my cells learn the sensation and ground this like it did level all the way into the dna so this becomes an option for me yeah, i can I, I can hear it in your voice like as you're going through this process it it's like your voice is even the cadence is slowing down a bit more and just lowering slightly yeah and and what this you know when i ground this into my system this feeling i feel now what I'm teaching it is it's okay to feel the anxiety. It's okay to feel the holding in my chest. It's okay to, you know, be nervous about being recorded and talking to you. And it's also true that I can go from that to this other state quite quickly when needed. And when I teach my body that, and when I go into these practices, I'm more okay when I feel the places that are uncomfortable mm -hmm. because I know that it's just a moment or this is for now and I also have this I have this whole range of experiences to experience and it doesn't make me scared to contact any of them or be in any of them mm -hmm. when I know that I have options that makes sense yeah it does and yeah it's like just knowing that this this too shall pass you know and it's not this, um, not like it's going to last forever. And I think the one thing that's like constant is in life is change, you know, and, and being able to adapt is, um, not always easy, but, uh, definitely a practice and it, um, I think that's what we do as, as humans. And one of the things that you're doing as, as an example is just speaking to the different felt experiences, the different uh, sensations in your body. And um, even by naming those things, it can kind of lower the intensity of whatever emotions you might be feeling. Yeah. And, and just like taking that moment to lean into it you know and like befriend it and sit with it for a moment and and have the ultimate compassion for my anxiety and some of my stress and some of my grief by allowing it to exist and seeing it and being with it and yeah it has a lot to teach by giving it permission to exist if, if you had something to say to um your future self five years from now, what do you think you'd say? Something to say to my future self. Mm. Like, it's kind of like whatever it is, like, good job, what <laughs> <laughs> you made it through this. <laughs> you know, because it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not that good right now for me. And, um, you know, just like good job <laughs> because <laughs> there's a lot going on and, and it's, you know, I guess like one of the things I've wanted that I want to touch on that has to do with both these is, um, so coming home to my family is pretty stressful. Um, and I'm like, oh gosh, they're going to listen to this. <laughs> but, you know, it's just all the, the old 
dynamics of how we relate of coming from somewhere like Esalen to having conversations with, you know, we can be a little more fighty and it's like, I almost revert to my child self and how we communicate. And uh, my sister's going through cancer right now and has a three and five year old and is getting chemo. And so part of my coming to visit is to see my sister and also the sphere around making contact with her because I just went on a road trip going to gas stations and all this stuff and staying with friends. And now I'm nervous to even have contact with her because I don't want to make her sick with no white blood cells. And, you know, there's just a lot to it too. And um, it's, it's good when I visit, but when I'm home because I just lost my home, that there's a lot in that too. And something I did with my sister the other day is um, I noticed people just want to want to push towards the positive really fast. It's like, okay, well, this is going on, but I still, at least I have a good family and well, at least the cancer is not that bad. And at least that, you know, it's like just always moving to the positive. And my sister and I just sat on the phone and we just went for it on how much this sucks. <laughs> it's like, I... I'm really upset right now. I'm really upset about what's happening. I'm, I felt so good. Like we just finished our teacher training. I had all these plans. I was relying on my job for the, you know, like, and now I have to let that all go and yeah, I'll figure it out. But I'm pissed right now that this is my reality. And same with my sister and her condition. And it felt so good at the end of it to just really hear each other out and to just like go over the top with all the statements we wanted to say and then it's almost like okay now I did that now I can move on you know instead of like feeling like I was just glossing over the bad so I can focus on the positive I uh, the other the other thing that I was going to put out there is it, it could be um it could just be to to how um, you see yourself in, in the near future as well. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be this um, version of you super far out. Um, but I, I, I think just sharing what you, you shared with your, with, with your experience with your sister and how you really just made space for the not so amazing things, you know, that are happening right now and the not so great feelings. And um, I, I often hear like people say, well, love and light, you know, and it's, I think it's kind of like a, a bypassing of, of what's actually being felt and what's actually there. And it's, it's like, Yes, there is love and there is light and there are all of these other emotions that don't necessarily fall under that category. They're still parts of, of who we are and, and make up who we are. And um, and just something that comes to mind is is just acknowledging all, all um, of what we're experiencing and just continuing to... Um, to do that as a practice. Yeah. And, you know, like with the love and light part, something that like I think about is like, okay, if I want more of the love and light and that feeling, it's like when I really give space and I can like hear my, my sister say what's really going on for her and how much it sucked to lose her hair and the moment of like losing it when she knew she had to shave her head and then the moment of getting over it. And, um, other friends that I hear having their time during this experience but when I can sit and listen to that and tolerate hearing it then I actually know how to show up for her better and I feel like that's where that love and light is created you know in the like knowing how to actually show up with someone in their experience so that it it can be full of more love and more light because I know how to be with them now Mm -hmm. And I think we we forget that part a lot. Yeah, I I know that 
part of you being there and, and being around her is, is scary because you, like you mentioned, you came in contact with a lot of different surfaces on the way out there. Um, but in a way, it's probably been a, a huge um, blessing for both you and her to have that experience together. Yeah, definitely. We're, you know, we're each other's biggest champions in this life and really grateful to get to witness her journey and be witnessed by her and mine. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's different in Montana too. It's, it was really interesting to watch it from California where, you know, it's like you're waiting in line outside. You can't go inside a store without a mask, like the six feet apart. It felt very like, um, I guess, normalized to people who've been in it for two months now. But for me coming into it for my first time ever in two months where it's not normalized for me, it was really shocking and pretty scary for me to witness that. And as I've kind of gone further and, and but I also felt safe, like I was grateful that we're doing that so that I could feel safe in those spaces. And as I started getting further north and closer to Montana, it's like there's, by the time I stopped at my last spot to grab some lunch and get more gas, there's like no masks to the point where I felt awkward putting one on because there was only two people at this whole travel place with Lamont. Um, People just like leaning on the condiment station. Like there was just no... It was like nothing had changed, and it was pretty shocking to watch the difference of the two places that quickly and how they're experiencing the pandemic. Yeah, I'm, I I yeah. feel <laughs> I feel you with that. Um, being being now up here in Nevada City, it's a lot more relaxed, um, and and there's definitely people wearing masks in the grocery store and other stores, but there's also people in there without them, and and it like even the day that we drove up here with the U-Haul truck, it just seemed like everything was open and business as usual, and it was just kind of bizarre to like experience San Francisco where it's like lines like long lines outside of places everybody six feet apart people have masks on you can't go in the stores without masks and but i I mean it was more of a, a populated city of course and i looked into the amount of people up here in nevada county to see how many had actually contracted the coronavirus and it's fairly low so i I do get how there's a little bit of like uh, more of a relaxed approach up here, but at the same time, it's like, I can't forget about how I was feeling when I was living in San Francisco and I had to, like, I was kind of hyper vigilant, you know? And yeah, that's the thing about this is like, we don't fully know. There's so many different things that are being put out in the media and and lots of places are opening back up. And it's like, is, are they opening back up because it's safer? Are they opening back up because it's necessary for the economy um, or people are just, they can't handle being inside anymore. I, I don't know fully. Um, I have my own speculations, but I, I do know it's, it's kind of, that that feeling of whoa, this just seems so different. And yeah. is that okay? And how do I wanna participate or show up? And I Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. And and here I you know, being of somewhere that's more rural and country and uh, conservative and they're viewpoints um you know we live a lot more with a lot more spaciousness in general here you know in these parts of the country and we're not sandwiched on top of each other the amount of people coming into contact with like a gas pump every day is quite a bit lower than somewhere like the bay area um you know we're five hours from the nearest city and that's spokane 
um, and it's pretty much acreage and national parks and mountains from here for some hours in every direction. So I feel safe when I'm in these places and I don't think there's any cases here. And I know the where I hear the nervousness coming up with my sister and my family is um, opening up for tourist season soon with the national park and starting to have all the people from the outside starting to come into the town. Um, mm-hmm. It's already just been such a crazy, interesting first part of the year. I can't believe we're already coming into June in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really thought this was going to be my year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's still six months left. <laughs> oh. oh, man. I kind of can't believe the timing of it, of like finishing our teacher training. I felt like I was like really just ready to step into life and then just like all this switched, you know, and it just like threw everything of how I thought how I would show up worked. And I think like what's been at first, you know, I had my little frustration thing that I had and then what I'm noticing about my training and like from everything I had through the years, it's like not about teaching this one specific thing, like this one specific way. It's like teaching me how to just show up for the moment and be in presence, you know, like that Esalen, like that one of the main foundations is like show up in what you know and just show up with presence and move from that and that's almost enough you know like with the massage like to not have this agenda like how do I show up in this session and I have my whole toolbox and I have everything I've studied and learned but I don't show up to my session with an agenda and I show up to the class I'm gonna either teach or assist and we have our curriculum and the overall goal but I I don't show up wanting to expect how it's gonna go Mm -hmm. um And I just trust that what's going to come out is what's meant to come out. And so everything I imagined of how I would be a teacher is kind of off the table right now or even a body worker. And what I'm noticing arising is like my capacity to show up in presence and think on my feet and just kind of swivel to a new idea and just be with it and go with it. You know, like having that moment of like, okay, it's not like this, but or like, okay, this exercise we're trying to teach, the students are just like all blank eyed, like this isn't working. So how do we just like pivot into something new and show up for what's needed in this exact moment? Yeah. Adapting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just am really... Um, grateful to have been able to speak with you today and um, hear you share so much about your experience and I I want to continue to support you and um, I'd love to at some point teach with you in person um, oh, and, and if not we'll make it happen virtually um, and and I also wanted to if, if people are interested in working with you online in some capacity is there somewhere we could direct them or is that still kind of in the works it's currently in the works for my website and kind of getting all that up and going i am doing i can do one-on-one zoom calls for now um i've been trying to develop some of the self-care techniques and also specifically for the face if you have like things that would be easier for one to work on themselves with like TMJ or something like that where I can help guide you through a session um yeah you could what is the best way right now to reach me <laughs> I think yeah just my email it's miss whitney bell m i s s w h i t n e y b e l l at gmail.com 
Um, so I'm available there and I should have my site up and running where I'm hoping to have videos downloaded. And when we are back in hopefully somewhat normal life, um, my classes and ways to book sessions are also available there. But I can be in contact with you about that. <laughs> right now I'm I'm actually really just enjoying this break that I don't get to have very often in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Thank you all so much for listening today. If any of you'd like to find out more about the work that I do, you can go to samsebastian.com. That's S-A-M-S-E-B-A-S-T-I-A-N.com. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, please reach out to me via email. That's sam at samsebastian.com. Much love. <laughs>